Hello and welcome to the Soul Sister podcast, where we talk about all things spirituality, self-love, body confidence, trauma healing, law of attraction, and so much more. I'm your host Lorraine and I'm very excited to share episode three of this podcast with you today. On today's episode, I'm so excited to welcome my first ever guest, Haley Farrell, who will be joining me today in discussing intuitive eating and why it is so important now more than ever to change our focus from weight loss and how our bodies look to instead focus on our health and feeling good in our bodies. Haley is the well-being leader for an international corporate company and is responsible for delivering the mental, physical and financial well-being strategy for all of the employees. She is also a qualified personal trainer who encourages her clients to adopt a holistic approach to exercise, nutrition and self-love. Her coaching style has developed through many years of playing sport, struggling with poor body image and a lifetime of bad dieting and trying to change the way she looks. Haley has done a deep dive into her own trauma and limiting beliefs around her body and will be joining us today to share her journey with intuitive eating and exercise as well as to share some tips and ways to help us change our mindset and the way in which we approach both food and exercise to help us deliver a healthier and more loving relationship with our bodies. So Haley, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? Thank you, Lorraine, for having me. It's an absolute honor to join you today on your podcast. Um, I'm really well, thank you. Just juggling the, the many challenges that I think we're all facing at the moment under COVID-19, but, but doing well. And I'm really excited to dive into this in a bit more detail with you. Yes, I think this is the perfect thing to do, especially this month when everyone's at home and everyone is probably struggling, you know, with eating and what usually comes with people starting all of this um you know fitness stuff in January so I feel like this is the perfect timing for this episode so I want to firstly start with the most important question I think in asking you just to dive a little bit into what is intuitive eating and intuitive exercise exactly for anyone who may not know what those terms mean so Intuitive eating and intuitive exercise is a way of eating and exercising that really promotes a healthy attitude towards So whether it be eating or whether it be exercising, you're doing it in a healthy way because you love your body. So if we separate the two just to be able to better explain it, um, the idea of intuitive eating is that you eat when you're hungry and you stop when you fill. So it's an intuitive process. It's really leaning into how you're feeling. Um, likewise with exercise. You exercise because you, you enjoy it. It makes you feel better rather than forcing yourself to exercise, which is not an intuitive um, way of going about things. So often we don't necessarily feel like exercising yet we can force ourselves into doing it and that's when the love-hate relationship begins so both of them simultaneously if you're doing them intuitively it's really listening to your body and doing something because you you love it and it not only makes you feel physically better but can also support your mental health yeah I totally I and I totally resonate with what you're saying because I do think like 
the more you start actually listening to what your body really needs from you as opposed to kind of pushing it to doing things because you feel it has to you can form such a good connection with this where it's like a more healthy approach to these kind of things and like with regards to that would you mind sharing with us a little bit of how you kind of fell into this in the first place like what got you started on your intuitive eating journey absolutely so it's been quite a journey i guess um as you mentioned in my bio i grew up playing a lot of sport um, quite a lot of competitive sports so it would take a lot of hours of you know a lot of hours in the swimming pool doing laps on laps or playing extra hockey and it's kind of more for training for a goal versus doing it because you kind of enjoy it i think for me i always strived to perhaps win the gold medal in swimming or be in the first team hockey it was not something that always came naturally to me so it was a real kind of strive for me to get there um with that in terms of my food journey i grew up in south africa and i don't really think it matters where you grew up however the things you hear as growing up and what you thing that was instilled into me is you can't leave the dinner table until your plate is empty so i'd have to eat all the food on my plate you know I wasn't really given the opportunity to say, okay, I feel full, can I stop now? Because of the mindset, which I think absolutely makes sense. Some people don't have any food, so be grateful for what you've got. So it's a real kind of catch-22 because here you, you are grateful, but you are also full, you know. So from a young age, I think I developed quite an unhealthy relationship with food. Um, I was also around... A family who who were trying to lose weight. Um, somebody was always on a diet, um, and my dad always used to say, "Oh, your auntie or your mum's not on a diet. She's going to die eating." So it was kind of all these affiliations and um, beliefs that I kind of bought into myself. So I think there was an element of fat phobia because it's almost like people were constantly trying to lose weight around me. That it. It made you show that you you can't be overweight because that's not okay from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I my mum also rewarded, perhaps not rewarded, but it was her way of showing love through food. She loves food. She loves cooking. She's an incredibly good cook, great baker, and um, she'd also fetch us from a lot of extramural sport with, you know, a cold drink and a chocolate. So sugar in my world was just part of my life and to this day I struggle with a sugar addiction which I I try and work on intuitively every day Um, because through my journey I don't think restriction is the answer. Um, I have yo-yo dieted with a couple of different things you know I've cut out the carbs, I've cut out the sugar, I have the fat diets um, I even became a pescatarian for two and a half years, which is challenging growing up in a country like South Africa where meat is freely available um, and really protein is a huge part of our, our diet. It was something that was quite hard. But for me, the psychology behind becoming a pescatarian, the initial reason for doing it was never because it was embedded in um thinking about the animals it was all because of my body image I thought oh well if I cut out meat 
and um, animals products you know I would lose weight and through that it never happened it wasn't the answer was not in what you eat you know the answer is much deeper than face value it's not about what you're putting in your mouth because then if you look at it from a from a personal training perspective um, and an exercise perspective they say calories in calories out you know you can eat whatever you like as long as you're burning off more calories so I think just in terms of diet culture I was very much in this caught up in this world of I needed to change my body and the only way I could do it was through dieting and eating if I did eat anything I needed to to go for a run or go to the gym so that's a bit of a backstory of, of my journey into why I'm so passionate about intuitive eating and intuitive exercise. Yeah, and you know, I feel like like so much of what you say, you know, like you're saying, it is really a catch-22 because I know, like even for myself growing up, we would have been the opposite in the sense that like my parents, we just didn't have sugar and stuff at home. But when I went to my aunt's house, she would bring us to McDonald's or, you know, we'd have sweets or whatever. And it was like, I developed this like, comfort eating thing from that then because I never had it at home so when I was allowed to have it I would eat like too much of it because I had Mm -hmm. like was not allowed to have anything at home and it just built up this you know thing of like anytime I was anywhere that I could have it then I would end up eating too much and then it kind of became this whole thing as I got older that I would like you know sneak food and constant like it's like because we we were never allowed to have it that once you got to the age where you could go to the shop yourself and buy things you were just buying all the bad things that you weren't allowed to have before and like creating that kind of like dependency on them and even now as a parent like like you're saying you know it's difficult with my daughter that I don't want to like be telling her you have to eat everything on your plate because like you say like people have you know different appetites and things and you can be grateful for your food without having to eat like every single bit of it so it is definitely a huge struggle that I do think starts for many people and as they're growing up and it's not even that like their parents are wrong in what they're doing we're all just you know doing what has always been done so it's kind of trying to unlearn that and begin to come back to just like doing what our bodies need us to do instead of it being kind of a one size fits all kind of approach when it comes to what we eat yeah absolutely and just picking up on that point of it's not about blaming you can't blame your parents which I think is a huge huge part of the journey and I know we'll get into that in a bit more detail as we go along but um it's not carrying they they just did the best that they knew Mm-hmm. you know and you've got to look at that in a loving and empathetic way because in your intuitive journey if you're angry and upset that you're struggling with food and there's a codependency between you and food you know for emotional support simply going to blame your upbringing or your parents it only creates a bigger barrier to kind of developing that intuitive way of eating and nourishing your body so the releasing of pain and trauma is a big part of the journey as well yes absolutely and like with your journey do you kind of remember when it was you began to realize that what you were doing was unhealthy and like wasn't actually a good relationship to be having with your food like was there a moment when you began to kind of see that what you were doing wasn't working i kind of you know, we talk about intuition. So if we look at the soul sister, which, you know, you you host and 
all the good things that we do in the collective of, of girls and the people that we surround ourselves with. We talk about intuition and we talk about inside what's going on and you can kind of feel. So I can see that ever since I was about 18, 19, 20, I've always known that it's probably not a good way of of trying to solve a problem, you know, by cutting something out. So I feel like I've always kind of known, but I probably wasn't equipped with the tools or the understanding of, okay, but where to from here? So I know that this isn't good and I know it's not good for my body and I know I should love and appreciate my body because I'm so able and I've got so much to be grateful for. I mean, I can walk, I can run, um, it's not just about the way you look. So I always had this feeling of, of it's not right. In terms of a, a turning point for me, um, was probably as recent as beginning of 2020. And still the journey through that, you know, has been challenging because there's been times where I have overindulged and I have binged and I have then decided I didn't need all that and turned to ways to to get rid of what I've eaten you know and that's when we talk about things I've I've been very fortunate to not um, struggle with an eating disorder however I have been in that world where I have taken myself to the bathroom because I felt like I've overeaten and and I didn't want to to carry that with me but it's the whole cycle because then you go and do it again you know, so we say as, as early as, I mean, last year was when I kind of was like, I need to exercise because I love it. And I think COVID somewhat helped that because the gyms closed, even though I was a qualified personal trainer and that's my approach with my clients, you've got to do the same. You've got to lead by example. You've got to do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even like talking about that and like turning points and things, I think as well, it's like it's not it's kind of easy to sit there and go, you know, I don't think it's like difficult to realize that there's something, you know, wrong, but it can actually be kind of overwhelming to try and figure out what to actually do. Because I know anytime I've sat down and been like, okay, like this isn't working because like I've done the whole I've been paleo, vegan, vegetarian, like anything you can think of just to try and lose weight. I've done juice cleanses like everything and then when you realize what you're doing is wrong and you sit down and you're like okay what do I do then it can be quite overwhelming because there's so many you know diets and different things out there that you feel like what works for my body and it can almost be that like it's almost too overwhelming to figure out what will work for you that it's easier just to kind of go back into those those things if that makes sense yeah it's it's overwhelming but it's also because it's never worked and that's where intuitive comes in how many times have we said oh come monday you know monday new new fresh start it's a new week thursday you're already getting a takeout and you know what there's nothing wrong with that but we're so conditioned to be like or or the other side of the thing is i'll eat healthy monday to friday then weekends i'll be unhealthy but then you end up eating so much on weekends that Sunday night comes and you're feeling really really low um, emotionally as well physically drained mentally because you've just kind of 
not treated your body as a as a temple you know it's not treated it as a goddess because you've just you know so that overwhelm also comes from a sense of nothing's worked in the past Mm -hmm. um oh and you mentioned juice cleanse don't talk to me about juice cleanses (laughs) oh my goodness gracious yeah like all of the i remember doing that um god that horrible you know that lemon one like the Beyonce cleanse with like the lemon and like the cayenne pepper and the honey and like thinking back now I'm like that's insane like Mm. the master cleanse I think that's what it's called like just absolutely insane you know but like these are the things we do to try and like appear a certain way and you know it's just I think like like that the point of our conversation is not to be like oh intuitive eating to be skinny it's intuitive eating so that your body actually feels good because you can look fit and skinny and you could not be, you could be not one bit healthy. Like I know after I had my daughter, I lost a lot of weight and I got quite small and I was like, but I wasn't healthy by any means. Like I was excessively working out to try and work off the food and alcohol that I was consuming. Mm-hmm. And I was like restricting and binging, restricting and binging. So like, although in photos I may look, you know, smaller and like more toned and stuff, like I was actually way, way more like unhealthy than what I am now. So, like, it's important for people to know that, that, like, skinny doesn't mean healthy. Absolutely. Um, And it's not about what's on the outside. It's about doing it because you want want to be... Because you can be skinny, but you can still be unhappy, and your heart can still be unfulfilled. And that's what intuitive eating and intuitive exercise for me has really taught me because it's a lot more than what you put into your mouth. Um, Mm -hmm. You've got to work through the emotions as to why. Um, And the interesting thing as well is when you asked me, when was the turning point for me? A lot of people will look to somebody like myself as a PT and in the space, or perhaps like yourself in, in the great work that you do and think that we have it all figured out because we we talk about it and you know what every day is a learning journey every day we're becoming a better version of ourselves but the, i think the critical thing is we've got to choose it every day we have to choose to want to to allow ourselves to eat intuitively and you know what if sometimes that means a whole box of quality street hands up i ate two over christmas like literally <laughs> um you know what you've got to be compassionate and empathetic with yourself as well and be mm-hmm. like that's okay because you see so much on social media and so much on instagram of what other people are eating or um and you just find yourself often comparing your intuitive journey to other people's or your eating journey exercise intuitive means you your body and your soul you've got to go inwards to find the answers not look out absolutely yeah and it's like it needs to be it needs to be an inside job really doesn't it it doesn't you need to be doing it because you want to you want to have energy you want to feel good not because you want to look a certain way because if you're always striving for like i think if you're always striving for like physical reasons you're never you're probably never going to get to that goal you're never going to be happy whereas if you just want to like feel good and just like enjoy the body that you have like that's more attainable and that's like it's like using food and exercise for self-love which is what it should be like it's supposed to be like it should be one of our biggest self-love practices not not one of our biggest like ways to kind of hate on ourselves yep most definitely it's 
the sad thing is, is we've grown up in in a world where t- people put so much emphasis on looks, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we equate our worth to. Yeah. Um, and going back to your point, um, we may have looked good, but did we feel good on the inside? Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting point because how many of us may look back on our life and look at a photo from four or five years ago and say, oh my gosh, I was so skinny. I could really do with losing a couple of pound or a stone mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Our motivation for change is embedded in striving to be something we were in a place where we actually weren't mentally happy, but we want the physical aspect of it. Yeah. You know, so I think it's really sitting with yourself. Um, and you've got to get to know yourself and what's important to you yes um, and like, what, what, what you sorry. want out of life really yeah and like I know even like from I suppose from I feel like I've changed my perspective on that because I used to always look back at old pictures and be like oh I was so skinny or I was whatever and now that I've become to actually like be be more like happy in myself and choosing to just like do things for my body that make it feel good as opposed to how I look I look back at those pictures now and I feel like I don't see the physical. I literally just see that like mentally I was not in a good place. Like I look drained, I look tired. I don't look, you know, I don't I don't see it as a good look anymore. Whereas before I would have been like striving to get back to that stage. And now I'm beginning to see that like, no, that's not actually what I should be striving for, you know? And like even getting into that, like, can you talk a little bit more about I suppose the whole emotional side, like the mental and emotional side of it and like the trauma that comes with it because like eating and working out it's not just about like your physical body it really does affect your you know your mental body everything it all kind of comes together yeah thank you um trauma so there's there's so much work in trauma and healing and pain and I think often our decisions are and, and the manifestation of perhaps the way we look or the way we feel is embedded in trauma that's happened years and years ago. You know, or it takes you back to a time and um, that happened in your past and that's a trigger for you to have looked to food for comfort or to have, I mean, we can all even spin it on its head here and we don't have to just talk about food. We can talk about excessive exercise so there's this different continuum of the you know the scale of struggling for motivation to exercise and as in we'll be in the gym three four hours a day or in the mornings and in the evening or people i've seen and they absolutely burn out because they're just exercising all the time but it's because something happened something triggered them in their life perhaps it wasn't one occasion perhaps it was many things but still embedded in kind of the same thing and it can be as broad as fear you know it doesn't have to be a specific situation um it could be fear it can be guilt i think i think a good way to try and explain it was would probably be to relate it to my where it came from um i think i just this constant strive to want to be better, to, um, you know, and would I be worthy if I was more overweight? I needed to, cons- I wanted to be in the first team. I wanted to be a, capt- a house 
captain or prefect at school or um you know i wanted to make my parents proud mm-hmm. and where my dad had always had kind of like this comment around it was never nasty he loved her unconditionally whether she was fat or thin i had a perception of fat is not okay and social media you know you mm-hmm. see it and and kids at school were teased and i didn't want that for me mm-hmm. um so i think your surroundings and your upbringing can definitely kind of traumatize you into what what good looks like mm-hmm. and what it should be um a very very close family member of mine has always struggled with it and it also comes down to self-worth and mm-hmm. self-love and she values herself so so little that she doesn't um have the energy to want to make that change because she doesn't think that she's worth it mm-hmm. so linking back to trauma if you don't feel you've got to you've got to do it for you you've got to find your inner worth your inner purpose mm-hmm. um to make those changes and i mean hers is embedded in a lifetime of anxiety and depression mm-hmm. which is a very real mental health but it it gives you the lack of motivation to want to to exercise and eat well and that crutch you know food is comfort food doesn't argue food doesn't um speak back to you in that moment that you're eating you just feel so safe yeah um, and like even un- you know trauma wise with it like i think too for people people can kind of get freaked out you know when they hear the word trauma or triggers because they think it needs to mean this really like horrible thing that happened you know because i know it comes up a lot for me with my clients about trauma and like the minute you even say the word like trauma people like look panicked as if like something horrendous must have had like they it's like when they try to dig deeper to find out the cause they're looking for something that has to be really big and it's important to remember that like, trauma can be something very small but you've to remember that if it happened to you as a child even though that thing may not affect you now as an adult to a child that could have been devastating so you know people have to kind of remember that like trauma doesn't have to be something really really big or really, like it could be something very very small at the same time and it could just be something that for whatever reason it stuck with you and it stayed with you and it kind of built up and built up over time because i know for me like with my own issues with food it came from something very very tiny with that tiny thing for whatever reason you know stayed with me and it just got bigger and bigger over time but it's important you know for people to kind of um like be aware of that when they do kind of dig deeper because i think sometimes people can kind of look into their pasts trying to look for trauma and they can like beat themselves up for even having trauma in the first place or for it or like you know for not having something that like is you know seen as actually like a valid reason when like any kind of trauma is always valid to the person that it's after happening to. I love that. You're so right. Your feelings are valid no matter how big or small they are. They are your feelings. Mm-hmm. Like something And that could be very traumatizing to me might not even uh, you know affect you. Like we're very different. Everyone is very different and like you if it's when you're a child, children react to things differently to adults. So it's important, mm-hmm. you know, to just be aware that like it's a different, you know, it's a different thing and kids pick up on things differently mm-hmm. like i know i was like a lot of mine came from my brothers like saying that i was a fat baby 
when like I wasn't a fat baby I was just like a healthy baby but like them being five and six at the time that they said it they said the word fat and for whatever reason that stayed with me you know it wasn't Mm -hmm. like a huge malicious thing and I'm sure they don't even remember saying it you know it was just it's just the words that are used or I always was referred to as big growing up because I was tall for a girl again like the wrong word was used had I been called tall and not big would it have still been an issue maybe you don't know but it, it comes down to people's language as well and how they can kind of you know portray what it is they mean in the first place language is so important no matter what space how you frame things and the language you're telling yourself as well yeah so if you're constantly telling yourself whilst you're eating oh my gosh I shouldn't be eating this oh my goodness I shouldn't eat that oh my goodness it's going to make me fat you are what you think mm-hmm. so if you constantly are reaffirming that you're going to constantly live in the state of feeling fat you're probably not fat but your perception of yourself is one that is not desirable you know if you go for a run or if you're constantly saying to yourself I can't run I can't run I can't run Mm-hmm. you're telling yourself that you don't enjoy it and and there's nothing wrong with that like mm-hmm. there really isn't but we we must be aware of what we're saying and um what we want to achieve because if we we may not be able to run 5k's now but i can guarantee you i've got some clients who i absolutely love and in working with them to to make them believe themselves and start to say you know what I can actually do that or my goal is to try to do that the goal doesn't have to be big the goal doesn't have to be my goal is to lose this much weight my goal is to be this strong or run this marathon it's about the small changes that you can do every single day in your life that make you feel better um mentally and physically Mm -hmm. and it's again like even coming back to how you talk to yourself like I've tried like you know changing how I speak to myself like that now if I'm having a takeaway or if I want to have a chocolate bar instead of being like oh I shouldn't be eating this I've tried to change my own reaction and be like you know I'm going to eat this food and it's going to be really nourishing and I'm going to enjoy it and even just by changing how you speak to yourself while you eat it like even the physical difference it has is amazing like you can you know you don't feel as sick or as bloated when you're being nicer to yourself about doing it every now and then whereas if you are hating on yourself for eating food it's almost like sometimes you can exasperate the physical symptoms that you get then as well because your body feels like you're attacking it it definitely and we all need food mm-hmm. food is light food gives exactly. us energy important important you know um yeah it shouldn't be seen as such like a, a weapon no this is there to keep us to keep us alive essentially like you know and it's a big part of our social lives you know and what we do to enjoy ourselves and and often we allow our perception of ourselves and our excess worry around the food that we're eating to to take over our experiences i can look back on the number of times that i've spent with loved ones but i have not even enjoyed the moment because i've been worrying about have i eaten too much does my arm look too fat in this dress you know mm-hmm. there's so many and then i look at the photo and all i see in a photo is oh my goodness that was a really bad angle look at my mm-hmm. arm but i spent the whole time with those loved ones not enjoying their presence 
and company because I was so worried about myself um, and the way I felt. And time is precious, life is precious. There's so much more to life than worrying about all of that stuff that it's so worth doing the work on yourself to, to set yourself free from these expectations of I should be thin, I should be able to run 5Ks. You know what? I could run 5Ks. Should I? Who's saying you should? You know, think about that. Who's implanted yeah. that expectation within your mind? Yeah, like even I kind of went into that a little bit in like my first episode, even just with, you know, like with New Year's resolutions of like if you're setting a goal for yourself, but like it's not you that actually wants it, or it's just it's just you, you know, doing what someone else is telling you to do deep down you're not going to want to do it because it doesn't align with who you are like you shouldn't you know set a goal of running a marathon if you hate running yeah things like that like you just it really just comes down to like because not everyone needs to be a runner you know you need to do things you can eat food healthy foods that you enjoy don't eat healthy foods that you don't eat like and the same with exercise don't do exercises that you hate do you know there's so many there's so many options but people feel that they need to do these things and they almost kind of have this preconceived notion that like eating healthy and working out has to be hard that it can't actually be you know enjoyable and like as a personal trainer like can you talk a bit about that like how has this affected you when it comes to working with your clients in like the fitness industry the fitness industry obviously is the goalposts always move I'm sure you've probably seen it, you know. I think there was some news released today, actually, that was telling people what they should and shouldn't do. And it all depends on your client's goal, I think. But I like to work with my clients to look a little bit deeper as to what is that drive? What is their goal and why is that their goal? Because it goes back to that alignment. Um, Is it important to you? Mm -hmm. Is it fundamentally something, you know, that is going to change your life so for me it's all about health and happiness if this is going to really help you lead a more healthy life um, nothing in excess and nothing um, not done at all so over exercising overeating or lack thereof balance really working with the client to to look into things I mean you can't overwhelm anyone a lot of the stuff that we're talking about can feel really overwhelming because you kind of don't know where to start with all of it you know because we're talking about pain and we're talking about trauma talking about being mindful of what you're eating but you've got to decide to do it gradually things aren't going to change overnight it's a journey and it's a really exciting journey and you've got to make small changes with yourself and that's what i do with my clients small goals small steps things to make you happier every single day Um, and I love that approach because a lot of people will come to me and say I'm feeling awful I'm overweight or I just want to feel better in myself but purely just by getting them moving a little bit more immediately helps them because it releases endorphins and you start to feel better and as soon as you you start to mindset changes and your goal will change so don't be so fixated on the goal enjoy that journey enjoy the experience and what I really like to do when I when my clients feel like they can trust me is start to talk a little bit more about 
about these things you know um and then signpost them because i'm not a qualified psychologist um i can talk about my journey but my journey is very different to other people's journeys but you can listen i mean it's a bit like you know we all love going to the hairdresser and having a rant um a pt can do the same thing and listening is so important in in encouraging them to look into that journey and through that they will raise things and say this happened and and then you can start to say have you ever thought about perhaps what happened in your life or or thought about seeing somebody who can support you on a mental um side as well because i think people will invest in a personal trainer financially but they don't always look after mm-hmm. their mental health and they're not unrelated you know we can't if we're not in a mental frame of mind like we spoke about earlier we can't expect our body to just lose all the weight if we're not willing and feeling that that's what we want to achieve um it's giving yourself permission and it's actually one of the affirmations that i've started doing on a daily basis is i am willing to release excess weight because mm-hmm. saying that out loud um and really believing that you're willing to do it helps you frame your mindset and it's even like law of attraction like you do have to think that like even though it's like something physical like fitness related the law of attraction comes into everything if you constantly are thinking oh i'm gonna put on weight i'm gonna put on weight i'm gonna put on weight you are because you're all the universe is hearing is wait 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 that's what you're doing like you're the way you speak to yourself and how you think is so very important with things like with these things because if you're constantly worrying about it and it's constantly on your mind you're only bringing more of it to you so like even that's such a beautiful affirmation to say that like you're allowing your body to release you know weight or even saying like I'm allowing you to release what it's what isn't necessary or what isn't you know serving me and doing things like that and just I feel like being gentle with yourself too like sometimes it can be you know you start off when you decide you want to lose weight and your guns blazing and you throw yourself into it and then like it gets a little bit difficult and people can beat themselves up especially if you know you have had like a history of you know binging or eating um you know bad like processed foods and i know i was even watching an, a youtube video during the week about it and i never i never i suppose not that i didn't know about it but i never gave it as much thought that it's it is such a huge factor that like when you think nowadays our foods are so processed that like they are literally made to make us feel a certain way so like like food is addictive and these chemicals and things they do affect our mental health so i think it's important for people who are on fitness journeys too to like don't beat yourself up so much because like it's not your fault that you are having this type of, you know kind of you know addiction or maybe finding it difficult to stop eating these foods because they've been made in this way so that that will happen if that yeah, makes sense yeah no you're right it's it's a cycle it's a bit like the advertising on social mm-hmm. media they know you know they know how to control the people um read into that as you will because that's mm-hmm. a very broad topic and a broad statement but yeah yeah right <laughs> you know um the foods have got sugar and sugar there is an addiction to it and it's learning to it's learning to be able to manage that realistic expectation you know like you say be empathetic with yourself i'm going back to my clients mm-hmm. um every win is a win 
every small success is a success. If you come to me on the Monday after a weekend and you say, you know what, I was with my family over the weekend and I had one too many glasses of Prosecco, you know, it's okay. This is a new week. You know what? We are doing this for longevity. We want you to live intuitively with exercise and with food in the way that it feels right for you and in a way that you can sustain it. There's no point in you coming to me and me giving you a 16-week program to change your life and then you leave me and you have not embedded those practices, you know, and you don't believe in yourself. I want my clients and everyone to believe that you do it and you you should you're allowed to be set free from these expectations that are unrealistic and that kind of keep you keep you from feeling confident, comfortable and just in love with your body, lumps, bumps and all because it's your body. Exactly. And even coming back to what you're saying, you know, like earlier about, you know, being at events and things and like if you're so consumed by your food, like you're missing out on all these things. And like the thing I've really noticed is you know, when we are kind of in our heads and feeling like, oh, people are going to think I'm fat or people are going to think I look this and look that. Those people are probably so freaked out thinking about what they look like that they don't even take any notice of you. Like, I know I'll like put my hands up and admit it that like if I'm in a group picture, when I look at that picture, I'm looking <laughs> at me. I'm not looking at anybody else, you know, and I think we're all kind of guilty of that. Like, and it's the same in the gym, you know, people are looking at themselves because we all are so focused on ourselves which isn't a bad thing but it's just you know it's important for us to kind of like release that a little bit and don't be like so worried about what everyone else is thinking because they're probably so wrapped up in their own stuff that they're not even really taking that much notice of of and it's about you know what that's excellent and it's such a critical point because it's about recognizing that in yourself and recognizing that Mm -hmm. and being able to then start to condition your brain because if we constantly go into that space which is kind of like a tool that you can use you've got to build up your bank of positive affirmations you know i am healthy mm-hmm. keep you know i am healthy i love my curvy sexy body i am strong um i'm excess weight if you know i weight is not it's not all about being talking about people who are struggling with being overweight you know I would like to get stronger because some people really struggle with putting on weight but it's about what we tell ourselves Mm -hmm. every day so that when we we look at that photo I'm hoping that somebody can use this as a tool that in a year's time when you look at that photo all the affirmations that you've told yourself over a year actually help you that when you do look at the photo and you say oh and you're about to judge yourself you say actually no i'm gonna stand against that because i know that i am strong i am healthy you know it's it's giving yourself tools to be able to recognize that and build that that bank up because we're so conditioned and our computer part of our brain stores all the negative stuff and we don't think before the computer just chucks something into your mind and often it's always those negative limiting beliefs that keep circling around Mm -hmm. and it's a process because i know even um i read a book it's really really good for anyone kind of suffering from 
binge eating or anything like that it's called um, brain over binge and it goes into I found it actually really critical in my own like healing journey with food because it just took a different approach in the sense that like she goes into your actual like how your brain is reacting in it and it just makes you feel I suppose it makes you feel a bit like less hateful towards yourself because you know it's not you it's just the way your brain is processing things that like you know if you if you constantly if you're default for you know 10 20 years is to go to negative things or to go and reach for food to get your dopamine hits it's going to take a bit of time to break down that habit and build a new one and like when you can actually see that it's literally just like that you need to break down like that little bridge in your brain that makes it go that way and start building a new bridge and you're committed to building that new bridge and you know that it's not you not wanting it enough or it's not you sabotaging yourself it's just that your brain is like your brain doesn't know how else to work other than by doing it like that so I felt I found it really beneficial to know the kind of like I suppose the science behind it because it made me realize that I was like this is just it's my brain it's how my brain works like everybody's brain works like this and it just and and it, and it goes and it goes without saying for everything in life like not just with food that that's how your brain works with everything so when you can begin to kind of sympathize with yourself and be like okay i've spent you know x amount of years building this bridge it's going to take more than a couple of days to break it back down and that's okay i'm committed to building a new one and like just being gentle with yourself while you build a absolutely. new one absolutely and there's a brilliant another book that it's called the chimp paradox and that is Ooh. all about your brain and your programming of your brain. And there's loads of exercises in there to, to help you reprogram it. And that book for me has been absolutely life-changing because it's about how we think, why we think the way we think, um, our emotional self versus our human logical self. And they're always clashing, you know, and how to kind of work with your inner chimp i've named mine sid (laughs) you know and love him compassionate towards him and accept him but learn how to work with him so i would 100 percent recommend the chimp paradox another one is um you can heal your life by louise hay that's actually on my list i really want to read that one recommend it more i love Um, and whilst we're on that topic if you want to follow someone on social media or listen to podcasts, find Food Freedom. Is yeah, find food find Food Freedom. The non-diet dietitians, they're really, really good. Her name's Sammy and she she does a lot of work around this. Um, which has been mm-hmm. well, that's another thing actually, you know, with social media, like something as well that can actually definitely deter people is like if you want to you know to lose weight or be healthy but you're following all these you know fitness pages that are edited and that are airbrushed and all this like it's you know it's not going to actually motivate you like I know for me like sometimes it can but I know something I have found that has been like detrimental for me in like healing my relationship with my my body and myself was unfollowing all those kind of pages if I see a page on social media and it makes me feel any bit kind of small or negative or just any kind of not nice emotion I will unfollow them I'll only you know follow pages that are real and that are empowering and I've like I've done that for the last maybe like six months and I've noticed the difference now that like now I'm starting to register that like those fitness pages Mm -hmm. that they're not actually real if that makes sense like before I would have thought no that's how you're supposed to look whereas now because I only follow people 
you know, who post unedited pictures and post, you know, their stomachs and their stretch marks and they just post real content. Now it's like I'm beginning to rewire my own perception of how you should look because I'm beginning to see now that like, no, actually how I look is perfectly normal. How those other pages perceived themselves to look wasn't normal because it's not real. And I think that can be a huge step alone in just like unfollowing anything that makes you feel bad about yourself. Yep. I think I think you just have to realize that everybody's body is different. And the thing here with intuitive eating and intuitive exercise, you cannot compare yourself. And social media, I speak from my own experience, um, you can spend a lot of your time comparing your life in a number of different ways, whether it be your body image. And you know what? We're all born and we're all blessed with different heights, different weights, different color eyes, different beautiful color skin. We're all so unique and we need to really need to praise ourselves for our uniqueness rather than all try and look the same. So for me, comparison in general, um, one thing I, I can say that part of my journey has been huge in in supporting my recovery and ongoing recovery from from this total yo-yo dieting is social media detoxes in general just because it's not always comparison from a a aesthetic which is obviously what you see in terms of the body and Mm -hmm. but it's comparing everything it's comparing things that just don't put you on the right frequency within your own mind and and it it's just an energy field that can make you feel really drained um, whether it be comparing people's abundance, comparing people's um, holidays, um, their families, um, you should be married, you should have a house by X. You know, it's all related. We, everything is related because that's when you turn to your crutches um, for support. And if food is one of them, I can speak from experience, it's drastically helped me to detach myself from social media and live in my world because I can choose. I can have what I choose to think and if I fill my mind with thinking things that are love, abundance and I can control it, I can feel better whereas if you allow external can sometimes, not all the time because I also love social media and I think there's so many positive great ways um, of connecting and sharing such great stuff but it helps to just take yourself out of that world sometimes and even just being you know i think it's important to know that it's not just like health isn't just what you physically consume it's everything it's what you're looking at it's what you're watching like just being mindful of how things in your life make you feel like if you like watching you know keeping up with kardashians but every time you watch it it makes you more aware of you know your lack of money or your lack of whatever then that's not actually having a positive you know experience for you like if you find like you know like that certain social media posts make you feel a certain way or anything in your life that you have to that you're doing all the time doesn't actually make you feel good then it's really important to like evaluate that because it's like everything you consume is very important if you feel you're surrounded by certain people who like to you know make you feel a certain way or like to put you down reevaluate like how often you you know spend time with those people everything in your life is being consumed by you and that's what affects your energy and how you you know feel in yourself absolutely everything it, it, it's not unconnected 
and I'm passionate about the mental health space and and the interconnectivity of physical, mental, emotional well-being. You can't detach them, you know. So the key is really to to look at it as a whole and remember that if you're struggling in one area, it's often not just that area. It could be embedded somewhere else. There could be pain somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And in acknowledging that pain and sitting with it and working hard to release it, you know, it's a beautiful thing because it does work. It all falls into place. The more you do, and I know it's hard. It is hard. We, we struggle to be on our practices and do all the good things that we need to do for self-care. Um, it's even hard to start it. But the more you do, the more you see in terms of being able to spot and identify things and everything really does fall into place when you commit to giving yourself the time and space. And I even, I always kind of refer to it my, to my clients of even just beginning to build up like a self-care toolkit that like you have that toolkit of things there ready to go that you know when you like fall into a negative space that like because you, you have when you fall into a negative space it's literally like a split second decision of are you going to fall into it and are you going to let it consume you or are you going to do something different and change the direction of where you're going and that you know comes down to who to you and what you decide on the, you know on the day when it happens but it's important to have like a little self-care toolkit there ready to go of things that you know you know if I do this it'll make me feel good if I listen to this song it'll make me feel good if I go out for a walk and like just trying to like instead of reaching for like, if you feel like crap and you don't want to exercise you don't need like you don't need to go to the gym and do a hard session and make yourself do it because that's not going to make you feel good either you could decide you want to dance around your room for 10 minutes to your favorite song and like that, it that in itself is enough. It's just having those self care tool that toolkit there ready to go to when those negative feelings come because they will because that's you know that is a part of life. There will always be a positive and positive and negative. You're never going to be a hundred percent honest and perfect all of the time. I don't believe any of us are. It's just you know once we know that we have those tools there to get back on it when we're when we're ready. Definitely, yeah. Have the toolkit there to support us um, but at the same time knowing that it's okay to not be okay and to allow yourself some time to feel feel it Um, it's just not reaching for the wrong things or forcing yourself to doing something if you don't it's like I love that you have to feel it in order to heal it you can't heal something if you don't feel it first like feel feel the emotions let yourself cry let yourself get angry let it all come up let it come out and then let it go the other book i would recommend is um the self-care experiment excellent another one teaching you self-love um and then all this intuitive stuff comes from and self-love can be quite a scary word for a lot of people start with self-care you know and a lot of people think, oh, it's, it's selfish. I should be giving more time to my family, to my friends, to my kids. You can't pour from an empty cup. And you know what? Your health, be it physical, mental, is just as important. And it's the most valuable thing we have, you know, Definitely. is our health. 
And I suppose like with all of that, Hayley, um, can you share some tips you have now? Like what kind of tips do you have that you practice with to do with this? Like what kind of things do you do in order to kind of help your, you on your own intuitive journey? Um, so a couple of things in terms of just setting myself up for for the day, I think are really important. It's, for me, it's a lot of it is my headspace. You know, when it comes to intuitive eating and intuitive exercise, it's got so much to do with my mental health and where I am. And things like journaling, practicing gratitude, um, meditations, or even just some quiet time, you know, whether it be prayer, meditating, um, a big thing is affirmations and I was very much reminded about this at Christmas time by our really amazing supportive group of collective girls and they just reminded me how important affirmations are. Um, every morning I have got about 10 of them and I say them three times each and I look at myself in the mirror and I believe them. I believe that they are already real. Um, just so so powerful and then also just the small things you know making some time to actually follow a skincare routine that's something I've committed to this year it doesn't have to all be in the spirituality space it can just be really um, making sure I put my eye cream on making sure I um, it can be as simple as um, <laughs> brushing your teeth twice a day and not going to sleep with your teeth not brushed small things that really help you to get your mind in a good place um and the other thing i've really committed to is just reading more reading more about how to to support yourself and love yourself it, it's a huge thing to, to fill your toolkit i think with fine because we do live we live in like this time where like we have so many resources like literally at our fingertips like you can google nearly every anything and you'll find some sort of resource or some kind of answer you know like there's youtubers you can watch who are very much into intuitive eating there's you know instagrammers there's podcasts there's so many things out there so i think it's important for people to know that if they do feel like they're struggling like to reach out or look for look for you know places to go to find you know these things because like i would i've done that and i've read so many books on this now and i follow youtubers and instagrammers and I've just changed like what my perception is of fitness now but it's been like a gradual thing because I had to start like changing what I was And change at. what you're doing. For me, I mm -hmm. thought that lifting heavy weights was the answer to everything because it would change the way my, you know, people say lift weights and you'll change your figure. Do what works for you mm -hmm. and I've recently started just that what you said putting on some music and dancing around my lounge i think i had a party for one on new year's eve and i probably sweated as much as i would have if i'd gone for a 10k run and moving into that space that feels good rather than you're conditioned to lift weights because that's going to make you strong and lean um and and also going back to there is so much content out there if anything makes you feel awful don't watch it and also remember there is so much content out there and not everything is true you don't have to consume all of it to know what what works for you inside spending some quiet time outside with your feet on the ground and really saying to your body 
body, what do you need from me today? Is it yoga? Is it a walk? Is it an extra hour in bed? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's not about exercising today. It's sleeping. Um, listening. Really listening. Um, I was terrible and probably still am to some degree of not listening to my body. I allow all the stress and pressure of my work and my corporate job and everything else get to me that I don't actually just say, whoa, you're creating this big thing when actually if you just listen, you, everything you, you want to know and want to solve is in you. even I know like with that for me I found that like it's so true that saying you know if you like if you don't listen to your body when it whispers it will scream at you like I pushed myself to the brink where I ended up getting quite sick because that was like my body's way of being like hello listen to me this isn't working you know and that was like the the the, you know the breaking point that I needed to actually stop and begin to actually listen to my body and take care of it you know but like it you know I think it's important to like listen to your body because your body is always trying to talk to you it's always communicating with you you've just chosen to kind of turn down the volume and the more you choose to like be present and listen to how your body feels it'll just come to you naturally because you're building up that connection again And you know what this this topic is so broad we could speak for hours and you've just reminded me about another thing um then when you were saying um just just listening and and doing what feels right for you you know and checking in with yourself and not getting to breaking point to burnout point um yet unfortunately i think we all do live in a world where we don't always check in and and it does get too much and at that point we realize we need to do something um and i've been there and it's okay to, to admit that you've been there, but it's recognizing that you can't get there again and making those changes. Um. And recognizing that the change starts with us. Like I know this has been the way that people have lived their lives and you know, you know, dealt with these things for so such a long time. Like diet culture has become this huge thing, but it's only by speaking up, sharing our experiences and trying to change like the narrative that we can actually begin to change this cycle the narrative yeah and changing the cycle and wanting to really to break that because you don't have to be what happened in your past you don't have to be what's happened in your family in terms of perhaps there's an issue with food or with with anything you know you can break that you don't have to carry that with you generation and generation absolutely and I suppose as we kind of come to the end of our of our episode I wanted to ask is what is one thing you would recommend that will just like you know like a quick switch thing that you can do to try and change the direction where you're going when it comes to food like if you're kind of on the brink of going and you know eating and or turning to food for comfort what is one thing you recommend to do to try and make that switch into something more positive or something more I think a tactile practical thing is in that moment trying just do something other than what you're currently doing because I know I can sit on the couch 
and it happens to me almost every weekend if i'm sitting on the couch watching netflix and i want to eat and eat and eat and eat and can't stop i need to change what i'm doing i need to get up i need to go for a walk i need to take the dogs for a walk i need to have a bath because it can be a slippery slope so i would say change your change your immediate environment straight away so just get your mind out of focusing on food um as the answer in terms of emotions and how we deal with the emotional feeling and a quick win i would probably say write your write down what you're feeling right write it down mm-hmm. and even if you do then eat it then write down how you feel after you eat because how you feel after you eat mm-hmm. can be really helpful if you want to eat later on in the day again or in 2 weeks time if you're going to have another binge mm-hmm. if you can reread what you wrote about how you felt after it um it can really help you just shift your mindset and actually i don't want to feel that way because i know that that's not the best version of myself um you know this is talking about overeating and turning to food for comfort for binging stuff like that yeah like something i love actually that um you know gabriel bernstein mentions in her books is and i think it's so powerful with with everything and especially with this subject is just reaching for like the next best emotion instead of you know like instead if like if you're feeling sad what's like you know the next you know feel what's better than sad you know and like just trying to reach for like the next emotion and the next one and the next one until you build yourself up to being like fully happy again don't be trying to go from being really sad and depressed to being happy because that's too big of a jump it's just like gradually trying to reach for that yeah. little bit of yeah. a better feeling and that love that better feeling that's really, you know really powerful yeah it's so, i love her stuff she's so good everything with that is so powerful as well and i've just loved having this conversation so so much like i say i feel like we could go on for hours on this topic <laughs> and who knows we might do a part two after this episode but i just want to thank you so much for being here with me today and taking the time to have this conversation and share your experiences um with the people listening so that we can you know get the word out there and give this you know give this topic um you know the time it needs for people to kind of really you know be aware of Absolutely. it thank you it was it an honor to talk to you tonight Lorraine um and just sending so much love to everybody listening be compassionate with yourself it's a difficult time um and just listen to your body all the answers like i've said are inside and small changes every every little bit counts Yes, and before we end the episode, Haley, where can everyone find you? You can find media? me at Wellbeing with Haley. I am on Instagram. So if you pop on there, I have got a private account. Um but please feel free to follow me and I will happily accept you. I do have a coaching account as well. Um but I would actually like to disclose that I can't remember the insta handle so perhaps you could pop it in the notes below oh no 
yeah i'll pop it in the in the show notes i'll pop them both in the show notes okay. i follow i thank follow you. both of them so we'll figure it out <laughs> I'll, I'll put them both in the show notes but thank you so much for being here Haley, and thank you to everyone listening and we will speak to you all